on this computer. Okay. Hey, Bamal. Uh, so. Hey, Olivia. Hi. <laughs> today I thought we could discuss for our topic um, user feedback. And this is a question that I've seen come up a couple times on the product mm -hmm. management document. And it's also one I've wondered a lot because in my experience at LeapFrog, I don't think there have been too many examples where we've done user you know, feedback directly. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe some of our clients have, but I'd love to hear from you how we could either, you know, what's the best way to do that and how to facilitate that maybe with our clients or ourselves. And yeah, just like what your thoughts are on that. Sure. I think, uh, let me deconstruct this into three parts. First part, who is the user, right? And the second part is, how to uh, how to do user interviews and and third part is different stages that user interviews will be helpful right okay. and let me start with the first one the first one is who is the user who is a user okay so we are in a service business and the the the, the riskiest assumption is that our client is a user Mm -hmm. and, many, and many people think that right because even right. our speak to the user right yes. like yeah the other thing is many, many, many clients come to us saying we have an idea, we want to build a product. And two weeks in that part, uh, one, they think they are the user, so they don't need to talk to their own end users. And they think they can represent well, uh, they can speak for the, their end users. That's one risk. And second risk is that, so as designers, as product managers, we're talking to our clients and we think our client's feedback is the ultimate feedback and also represent customers and uh, users voice that's the huge risk so so to avoid that risk it's very important to identify who the user is in the very beginning so the user is the one who uses the product okay the client is not the user pm is not the user or buyer is not the user. Mm -hmm. The user is the user. <laughs> user is the user. And many times, many people have, many people make this mistake, right? Is this, do you think that this is important to discuss okay. with the client okay. right? to make sure that they yes. don't assume that they're the user right. too? Correct. It's very important to come with the same basic client that you are not the user. So when we are, we are at the design stage, when you're talking about have you design stage or when we are talking about writing a, writing a story at the very beginning, right? Writing user stories at the beginning, beginning, have you validated the problem with your user? Even you before if you go to the design phase, like we talk about solving the problem in three stages, right? Words, designs, and code. Yeah. So at, even at the worst stage, the client needs to talk to his or her users and validate whether the problem, the assumptions, all of those they are making in the word form make sense for the user and solve the problem. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's very important to identify who the user is and not make a mistake that client is a user or PM is the user or somebody who represents the client user is the user. Okay. And, and second part about, uh, the second part about uh, this, how do you do user interviews, right? Yes. 
And the another risk at this stage is many people think user interviews or user feedback is about selling your idea to the user and getting their feedback. Mm-hmm. This is a very solution-oriented approach. For example, right? Okay, I have designed, a, let's say we are doing a podcast and let's say uh, we are building a product for our podcasters and we assume that, okay, podcasters have to, podcasters have to uh, publish their podcast in many different platforms and takes time to go and upload in all of those things. That's the assumption you make, right? As a creator and you are not a podcaster yourself and you, you assume that and you go to the user and saying, you, you to and say, would you buy a product that helps you submit your podcast to all the platforms? Right? That you are selling the idea. Okay. Just, so, so it starts would you buy it? Right. So that's a very wrong approach. Like you're, you have a solution in your mind and you are selling your solution. Many people think user feedback means selling your idea to the user and getting the feedback. No, it's not that. So the, therefore, the many people make that, make, that, make that mistake. However, when you're at the early stage... Is that a mistake that, um, you know, we need to be wary of our clients? We want to have more discovery. Yeah, yes. Like if, our client, like if our clients are validating, you know, ideas with a user, we have to make sure that they're not trying to sell the idea as opposed to Correct. validate, right? Yes. You're not trying to sell the idea. You are trying to understand the problem. Okay. It, it is even better. You do not even disclose your solution at all in the beginning. So, so, uh, so if the client, though, is doing the user feedback, then we have to <laughs> – how do you get them to not try and sell it? Yeah, that's, uh, <clears throat> that's what you, you, you need to train. Actually, training is not the right word. Actually, have a conversation with the client. Okay, can we do, that, do this in a way? Or can we even like in the user session, if you are doing a remote, can we actually join it? Can we can you record the conversation you had with your with with your user and send it send it to us so that we can listen to them and we can give you feedback about how to do that? Okay. We 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 can go that kind of approach. And how to do, uh, yeah, and how do the user interviews? For example, uh, you sometimes start with. Uh, with the user, user interviews, you then the and the closing questions. For example, I'll let me give an example. So sometimes it's, uh, you introduce introduce yourself and what you're talking about. You get the baseline. You you make feel people comfortable. That's a that's a given. After that, you what you want to do is tell me about tell me about what kind of tell me about your life. What kind of problems do you have, right? Then slowly get into, okay, when was the last time you had this problem? Uh-huh. For, when, if you ask people, for example, the first question is, do you have this problem? People may say yes and no, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And then the second question is, people say different things than they, they things for the sake of saying it. So you want to actually uh, cross-check that answer. Then say, do you have this problem? The user may say yes. Okay. So when was the last time you had that problem? 
And then if the user start thinking about it, right? The user all said yes, but when you ask, you, you ask the second question, when was the last time you had that problem? The user can't describe it and it can't recall the problem that the user had. That means that that's not a problem that you want to solve. Well, and I mean, I'm wondering, do you even want to ask the user if they've had a specific problem? Because then, like, we don't we don't want to make sure we don't want to lead them like into so, describing a problem right like wouldn't it be better to just ask to ask open-endedly like describe you don't want to lead them the thing is how do you yeah oh, yeah describe that's why like the second when 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 was the last time you had that problem yeah and what do you do about it what were you doing before um, what what were you doing before you had that problem mm-hmm. how did you solve that problem right and how frequently do you have that problem? Mm-hmm. What you want to measure is, find out here is, this is about validation stage. What do you find out is, when the, what the user was doing, right? That's a trigger. You want to identify the trigger. How the, how the, how the user is solving the problem right now. Mm-hmm. And third thing, what are the benefits or reward the user gets after solving the problem? Okay, yeah. Now, so here, if user is not trying to solve the problem, right? That means it's not an important problem to have, to solve. Right, right. It's not urgent enough. Yeah. It's not priority enough. Therefore, you want to know that part. So... uh if this problem though is like you know the client's big idea or whatever, how do you and and they're con- what if they're like convinced like no, but they just don't know like they don't know what their life will be like if they have this you know like how do you uh, you know so it's, you have to talk the client down from selling I guess right like how yes, do you yes. so think they don't know what they need right it's a good from a solution perspective. It's from the solution perspective, it's great. It's good point of view. However, from the problem perspective, to value that, you can only replace something. And without knowing what you are replacing, you can't build a solution. Mm-hmm. Because solution is all, all relative to what already exists. Mm-hmm. It's either better, faster, cheaper. Right? And, and you don't want to talk with the user about the solution part. Because... They are not the sol- they, are, they can't give you solutions, but what you can do is if they are willing, willing to get a cheaper product, if you are they are willing to save money, right? Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm saying. It's what problem. You can ask for the solution with the user, but what you can actually validate through user interviews is asking these kinds of questions, right? So what we are doing right now, right? How much is the money you want? If it's about saving money or finding it cheaper, like how much cheaper you want to do it? It's about faster, right? Like if, uh, how much time you're taking to solve this problem? And they do always, you, you always find people, people, uh, users who are a bandit solution, just fixing together something and you're making it much faster or better or cheaper. So you, you want to look for those kind of users as well. The, the reason I'm t- saying here about is even knowing there, ex- there exists a problem is enough. Pro- problem exists isn't enough, right? 
you have to look for the for whether people are seeking the solution yeah if the problem is pride enough so that they, they will pay or the problem is frequent enough that they are burdened by the problem so during the problem validation you want to actually talk ask these kind of questions that makes sense so uh and what's the what's the third piece? That... And third piece, and, and again, the, the second part of the second piece is the solution part, right? Okay. The solutions part. So when you're talking about solutions, for, for example, most of the time we want to take feedback of uh, wireframes, right? Sure. Wireframes and high field design and things like that. So either you are doing face to face or something like face to face, or face to face or doing remote. What you don't want to do is you don't want to sell the solution. So what, for example, let's say you are doing wireframes, you're taking feedback on wireframes, you show it to them, right? And you keep quiet and you just ask them, what, what do you see? Can describe what, you, what you're saying it, right? So looking at this, what problem do you think it solves for you? You want them to describe for you. You don't want to say, oh, here is a, here is a button here. If you click on that, you can, you can do this and that. No. You want to check many things you are validating there. Number one thing is whether uh, they understand the solution, mm -hmm. whether they can use the solution, mm -hmm. and whether the solution solves their problem. Mm -hmm. so, and what is their mindset behind that? Therefore, just showing them and, and making sure that they understand it and making, uh, asking them to Think, think loud helps. Even here, you don't want to be leading. You don't want to be guiding. Though it's very, uh, it's very, very, it, it, it changes, you know, like people do not, you as a designer or a problem solver, you have designed something, you have created something, right? But you just don't do what you thought they would do. You actually want to interrupt and say, hey, why don't you just do that? So you want to actually, uh, Pause the temptation from doing that. That makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, in one of the products, this didn't used to happen in all, one, in all the projects, but I made sure that happened in one of the clients' project, and it works working so well. At least, uh, at least. What we do is any idea comes in, talk to the talk to the target audience. Talk to the target audience and make them speak out loud and whether it solves the problem or not. Ask their open it questions. The beauty of doing that is if when the user starts playing back the problem you're solving, the solution you are giving to them, and the benefits they are, they are going to get without you explaining to them, then you know that's the signal that you are solving the right problem. So how do we get access to the users? That's a good question. Uh, so they're different. That's why let me come to the third part, right? How do we get access to the part? Mm -hmm. So what is really helpful is if you are doing a consumer product, if you're doing a consumer product, what we could do is create a landing page and just ask, ask a sign-up button and spend some ad on Facebook or Google so that people sign up from there. And there is a self-selection happening through them. When people sign up, then you 
you actually email email them and say, hey, do you have 30 minutes to 30 minutes or 45 minutes to talk about this problem? Thank you so much. Something like that. That's how you uh, acquire users to talk to. And and in a in a business world, in a business world, right? Uh, in in B two B enterprises, they are actually service providers where you get you pay something and you get access to those kind of users. Oh, interesting. Yep. And and the another important point: if you do not know where to look for your customer, then you have a better, bigger problem than build, <laughs> building a product. Mm -hmm. Right. So. so can we ever rely on our client? I mean, I think we normally, like today at Leapfrog, we don't, I don't think we have too much interaction with our users, depending on the project, I guess, but can we rely on our clients to do user testing? Like assuming that, they, that we've convinced them to not sell and to actually do it, how, how can we make sure that that happens efficiently? I think, uh, how can you make sure that happens is cons consistent reminder is important. Because not because people say we say to a client they'll go and do it. You go to we got to uh, in regular intervals. We got to keep following up. Whenever we send, for example, right, what I do is whenever we send a design in the earlier stages. Hey, have you had a chance to can you talk to any of our end users? So when you ask for feedback, did you get a chance to talk to one of? Uh huh. We got to keep reminding them, and yeah. uh, and of course that's a part of an art as well, and also the rapport and the relationship with the client as well. That's why it's important to build a rapport and relationship so that you can talk to them. Talk, you can actually remind them as well, but it's about reminding them repeatedly. Okay. Whenever you send out, hey, like, is this is is it just your feedback, or have you talked to our in users as well, right? And I think, uh, and. The language is important. If it, if we talk to our users earlier, then we'll identify the risks sooner and we'll be able to prioritize better. And therefore, we, we, we want to actually educate our clients in, in a language they understand. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, so, and this ties into our earlier question, you know, our early conversations, I think, about just asking the right questions. It seems yes. like a big part of that is just, you know, making sure that, we validate if things are the different, like understanding the difference between what a client thinks versus like what they think their users think and making sure Correct. that we make it sure distinction between the two. And there's always a huge gap between what client thinks and what they <laughs> think that their users think. So always a huge gap. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we've all seen that before. And, and actually, yeah, I've all seen that. Therefore our, our, as experts who are coming in, our responsibility is to guide them, educate them, and enable them, right? To enable them to do this. Even at the worst is, hey, like, why don't we, why don't you write the problem and statements and a, a problem statement or press release at the earliest stage? And we talk to us something that we write for you. And if not, this is a format to write. Could you just go and write something about that, right? Okay, there is a low file. Could you go and talk to this, uh, this, your users and get feedback, right? So this is high fidelity, right? We could you go and uh, have a have a user talk, uh, users give their feedback on this, right? And then so ask and write some words of priority about this, and they ask about when they have the problem, those kind of things, and giving the 
giving a bag of questions for our customers to ask, how to ask and educate them gradually. So we are the experts who are coming in. I think we've got to enable, enable that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, ma- that makes a lot of sense. And, and about the third part, the stages, right? So different stages are different things. Now, user feedback comes in, and let's say, I talk about the idea stage, right? If you have idea stage, in idea stage, you get acquired through landing pages, or you get ad- advertisements, or you know your customer, you know your target customers, just sending out emails to your uh, to your network and get. And you don't have to do many many customer interviews. Again, the five to ten are enough. Just that that few, just five to ten. And if you're if if you're doing it, yeah, yeah, five to ten are enough. And also user feedback not necessarily mean your user talking to you're talking to users only. So that's where the product analytics comes in. Right. For example, if you, your product is already live and you want to add some certain feature, before you, you you are adding any feature, you can actually fake fake it there, adding a new feature, a new uh, new new uh, button or link there and see whether people are going to click there or not. And people who click there see who have clicked, and this, then uh, then then go and talk to them. Why did they click on that? So, mm, so like A/B testing, you yeah. mean? Kind of. Not per se A/B testing, but also because we won't have any if A/B testing works if there are a huge number of users. But even even if you want to add any feature, right? We can just add a link or button there and say, uh, is it, uh, and say that okay, if they click on that, and before building the product, uh, building building the feature, you talk to people who have clicked on that. In, right. Not even A/B testing, right? Just the same, even for before adding any features. And you 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 do this follow follow the same process as if we are building a new product. Then you actually write about it. Then you actually do the low fidelity, high fidelity, and talk user users, and then go and build uh, build build the product. And if and, and also also if the whatever about usability or problems and what people are using it, those kind of things can come through. For example, there are tools such as Full Story, right, where you can play and see what people how people are using it, right. There are people there are there are heat map products which you showed you where people are clicking it and where people are not clicking it. For example, Mixpanel will tell you what are the most important features and what people are not using it, and again. Yeah. Again, when you have like uh, uh, when you have support tickets, from there you can know what kind of support tickets the people are. If this is for live products, which is already in the market. I see. So from those kind of different channels, right? Of course, in the idea stage, you have more in-person interviews, and second, like if the product is out, you can use feedback from video for feedbacks as a full story or quant- quantitative feedbacks using mixed panels. And then, 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 if you want to add new features, then adding, a, building a fake one first, and before going doing product matter, people who actually uh, figuring out whether who click on those fake features and doing a one-on-one interviews with them, then crystallize more. So that's how this. Uh, uh, that's how the thirst. Are you in? and choosing a right methodology for that particular stage. Generally, at the, uh, at the early stages of the idea stage, you need more qualitative, more in-person 
And when the product is out, then it was a mixture of qualitative and quantitative. So it's something that we need to like work into the fabric of like every stage basically. And depending on where we are at the stage depends on the type of test, like type of feedback that we can gather. Right. Right. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's a good start to the conversation and maybe we can pick this up again some other time. Yeah. I think uh, that's what user user feedback for, uh, to summarize, user feedback for validation of the problem, user feedback for validation of a solution, Right, user f- feedback for the idea stays. User <laughs> feedback for the already pro- uh, product, already uh, production product. Right, the different different variables there, and we can actually uh, understand which stage are we in and follow the right process. And when you are doing a pro- user interviews or you think that uh, understand that you are not selling, you are actually learning about the problem or solutions. So always ask open-ended questions and always try to identify what's the trigger point, what's, what are, how are they solving the problem right now, what reward they get, right? And how frequently they are solving the problem, right? How valuable is the problem, problem or solution or feature for them? So figuring all of those out through different kinds of user, in, user feedback methods help. Cool. Well, uh, thanks Thanks for taking the time to explain this today. Always pleasure. And I hope it's useful for our live froggers and everybody who listens to this. <laughs> cool. Okay, thank you. Talk to, talk to you later. Sure. Thanks. Bye.